like I, I bring out the hardware wallet. I'm like, yeah, but Bitcoin's about keys, right? And yes, well, you don't have to hold it physically. Like you can hold this. And he, it was like this moment where he was like, oh, okay, I just need to, I need to feel it, right? Like I need something in my hand. And then as you start to learn more, you understand that's not as vital as you think it is. This can be replaced. This can, you know, crash and burn. It's fine as long as you have your seed raises, right? But it was that moment for him where he was like, oh, okay. Okay, it makes sense. So I, I do agree that like having that ability to see it and physically hold it is an important step for gold holders to kind of move over. All right, so another episode of the Bitcoin Bottom Line with Stephen McClurg. I'm CJ Wilson. And today we have a special guest, Justine Harper from Unchained Capital. We are going to be talking about all kinds of stuff from farm animals to gold and how we ended up as Bitcoiners all in Miami at the uh, conference and, and what that means. So uh, uh, I guess without further ado, um, Justine, um, you recently started full-time with Unchained Capital, right? So why don't you tell me a story about like how that, how that came about and, and why Unchained Capital? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here as well. Glad to uh, sit around and talk self-sovereignty any chance I get. Um, so yes, Unchained Capital. I am the current VP of Concierge for Unchained Capital. What that means is I help individuals hold their keys and self-custody their Bitcoin all day, which is the dream job, right? Um, how I got here. So I've been into Bitcoin for a few years, but on Bitcoin Twitter, kind of, you know, just shit posting with the rest of everyone um, and when i decided to make a career change decided hey i'm already obsessed with this thing why don't i put some feelers out see if there is a uh, a, a role that would uh, work for me and um joe kelly ceo reached out and said hey you know let, let's have a conversation let's see what you're looking for had a lot of conversations with him um, and parker and individuals from the team and eventually kind of got into a spot that lets me help newcomers um, and focus on education, which is something I'm really passionate about based on my own journey. And yeah, um, I've been there since January, really enjoying it. And just, yes, there is nothing more amazing than like watching an individual go from being absolutely terrified, not understanding what a hardware device is. And at the end, they're like holding their own keys to their wealth. It's, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. Now, uh, one of the things that we had talked about previously was sort of like that, you feel as a individual holder that it's great to have your own, you know, take, take control of your own destiny and your own savings and stuff like that. Um, I'm a former gold bug. So I remember the first time I bought like American Eagle gold coins and uh, held them, you know, I felt so good about myself. Mm -hmm. And I think like psychologically I've gone through that same journey that you're talking about. And so I think that's kind of cool that you get to be the one effectively like giving the keys right to the to the people so that they can unlock their own their own sovereignty. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember those things as well. I was more of a maple leaf girl myself, but uh, I do definitely remember sitting in those jewelry offices and, and getting the, the lovely, very heavy chunks of coins to take my wealth home. But hey, it felt amazing that, you know, there was no middleman. So it's a, it, and I'm sure we'll get into that more of like sort of the journey here. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing feeling. I, I find that if I would have had someone kind of holding my hand in the beginning of my journey, it wouldn't have taken me so long, right? Like there's so much noise and confusion. And if I would have had, you know, somebody at Unchained to be like, yes, Justine, you open that box and you push that button. And no, I promise you're not going to mess anything up. Like you're doing it right. Um, because yeah, even setting up a wallet, it took me forever because I was terrified. I don't even know what I was terrified of, but it was just, I'm going to mess something up. I don't understand it. So yes, 
being able to help individuals have an easier time than I did is, is huge. And it's, it's really rewarding for sure. Yeah. But what do you like better Bitcoin or gold? I like Bitcoin more. I am no longer a gold holder. Um, uh, when I came across Bitcoin, it took me a while to really get it. But once I did, it solved all the issues I, I saw with gold. Um, I mean, when you have like an actual escape route in your head of like, okay, so if the house is burning down or if there's a tornado, like I have to grab this backpack and I have to ensure that I get this out of my home and make sure that nobody else can find it though. It's, it's like, there's a lot of challenges. And then how do you take your wealth with you? In my opinion, the fact that if you needed to, you could cross borders with your wealth in your head is is revolutionary on so many different levels. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons that I kind of made that that pivot. Um, but yes, I'm 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 prefer Bitcoin to gold personally. Yeah, but I understand I, I, gold I, holders very. They're close to my heart. Right, because I think there's a there's a transition from having something tangible to not really wanting something completely tangible because that, that responsibility of carrying something that like NBK always talks about, you know, it's the five, the $7 wrench attack uh, because it's actually CPI adjusted to $7 now. Um, that's way worse with gold, you know, that like, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that maybe live where you live or live where I live that are farmers that have this sort of like self sovereignty. They want to have their own stuff and they want, they don't trust the banks or whatever. Um, and I think that that brings a lot of gold people in because they say like, Oh, I can hide it. I can hand it off. I can do all this stuff, but it's way easier with Bitcoin. And, and then having, having your, your hardware device still is tangible. So you still have this like little Smeagol kind of, ah, the precious, you know? And I think that's, that's, that's cool. That's different. Totally agree. I have a, a, a neighbor who's a rancher and he came to me, it was, um, it was during 2020. So when everything was happening with COVID and everybody, I feel like it was such a red pill year for so many people. Right. And he was a gold holder, but had a lot of things in stocks. And he pretty much came over and was like, Hey, I, I know you kind of have something to do with this Bitcoin thing. Like explain it to me. And so we had a great discussion. And one of the things he said was, you know, well, how, like, I'm so used to holding it though. I can't hold it. And so like, I, I bring out the hardware wallet. I'm like, yeah, but Bitcoin's about keys. Right. And yes, while you don't have to hold it physically, like you can hold this. And he, it was like this moment where he was like, oh, okay, I just need to, I need to feel it. Right. Like I need something in my hand. And then as you start to learn more, you understand that's not as vital as you think it is. This can be replaced. This can, you know, crash and burn. It's fine. As long as you have your seed phrases. Right. But it was that moment for him where he was like, oh, okay. Okay. It makes sense. So I, I do agree that like having that ability to see it and physically hold it is an important step for gold holders to kind of move over um, because it is so, I mean, the tech aspects of it, like for a lot of individuals in my personal life, ranchers and farmers and people who are just living their lives. It's like, wait, my, where is it though? Like, where is it's on a computer? What happens if something happens to my computer? Like, where am I sending it to? Like, there's all these things that just kind of don't, don't flow well. So there's a different way to kind of get them to understand it that I think is really vital. And it's really just breaking it down to the basics like you would any newcomer, but it's that physical aspect that I think they stick on a lot. Yeah. Well, there's a certain understanding too. And and I, I was, I was, I grew up in Texas and I was brought up by people that survived the great depression. And, uh, you know, my, my, my family, and I'm talking about, you know, my, my, my grandparents and my great aunts and uncles who all lived through that. And they were all farmers too, by the way. Um, not because they were these giant land holding ranchers, but because everybody farmed because that's how you ate, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 
and my grandmother, for instance, uh, she carried, she didn't use a bank because anybody that lived through the Great Depression no longer trusted banks if they had any kind of money and lost their money. And my, my grandmother, um, the entire time I knew her, uh, she carried all of her money on her at all times. She had $100 bills safety pinned to the inside of her dress, right? Which is same sort of concept. And then I remember when one of my great uncles died, um, they were going through his house, throwing out things. And there was like, what's all these bullet, like old bullet casings. And they're about to throw it out and somebody saw something and they're like, wait a minute. And there were hundred dollar bills rolled up and put inside each one of these bullet casings. And there were hundreds of them. Right. So, you know, kind of going back to that concept of, you know, there has to be an event that causes people to mistrust banks, mistrust the government, mistrust people who supposedly have your best interest in mind. Uh, my curiosity is what was that moment for you? It's a great question. Um, I, I was red pilled pretty early in my life and we can kind of skim over it and then maybe get it a little deeper next time. But I had an event that happened when I was about 13 um, to not get like too dark. I, there was a school shooting. Fortunately, everyone survived, but it was like this moment where I watched an event occur, right? I saw it with my own eyes, which was traumatic enough as a child. But then I watched the media around it twist things and change things and, and not care about reporting the news, but care about like reporting a story that they wanted to. And that was super eye-opening for me. Like it was, it was a real culture, not culture shock, but just my life felt like a lie all of a sudden that all the things I had seen on the news, I now questioned like what was really true. A couple of years later, 9-11 happened and I watched narratives change and like it really just had me questioning all things. So by the time I was in my 20s, I was already, I didn't trust anyone. (laughs) I didn't trust the government. I didn't want them holding anything. And so it was kind of like this very slow process, but the the seeds were planted pretty early. Um, And then by the time I was, yeah, mid 20s, I was I was to this point where I saw our our dollar devaluing. Um, I saw the government using my money and my wealth against me um, and having absolutely no say and nothing I could do about it, right? Every time they printed it, my hard work was going down the drain. Um, So then started looking into, you know, what what asset can I hold that removes that? What what removes the power from them? And that's where gold came in. Um, And then just sort of working on being self-sovereign in any way I could, uh, growing my own food, raising livestock. Um, I started a business where I was like making my own body products because I happened to be doing it at home and I had a bunch of friends who requested it. So it was like, how do I remove the middleman out of any aspect in my life? Um, and so when I came across Bitcoin, it made perfect sense, right? Like, oh, wow. Okay. So it's a, it's digital currency that nobody can control and nobody can print more. That makes sense. And then I did some research and was like, holy hell, that's really complicated. Um, so I don't know if that completely answers the question, but for me, it was a long journey, but yeah, it was in an early age. I started really questioning the norm. Uh, I don't remember a time in my life after that, that I felt like what was happening around me was what was actually happening around me. If that makes sense. I, I started questioning everything really early. You, you became really compelled to do your own research, which is like, obviously one of the big tenets of Bitcoin, right? So I think that's a really good message because I feel like a lot of people, they, they come into any new thing, right? It could be art class, it could be a, a movie, and they're like, hey, who's that guy? What's the story? And they ask all these questions because they want to skip ahead. But you really have to do your own work and do your own research, and then it sinks in and you achieve a fluency, I think. And that's a really important concept. Uh, but the thing, I guess, like, 
I relate to that because I, I had seen investments go bad with my mom. She, she tried some stuff. She got like wrecked by the Y2K, you know, stock market uh, kind of flop. And then, um, you know, in the, in the housing crisis, my mom was a realtor. So I saw her kind of like melt down over that. But by that point, I was already playing baseball and was kind of making my own money. And I, I very similar to you was skeptical. I had like a go bag in case of whatever, you know, and living in Texas, especially living in Dallas and like from 2003 until 2011, uh, that was a very interesting time economically where my salary was going up and the, the world economy was kind of like topped out and then hit, hit a wall. And I saw how unfair that was for so many people that they were really at the mercy of Wall Street, at the mercy of, of legislature and stuff. And I think that's the same reason why I got into gold. Um, and eventually Bitcoin as well, because gold becomes cumbersome, like you said. But the thing, I, I'm super fascinated by this because you post about this a lot. Animals, right? Raising your own animals, uh, doing your own stuff. Because to me, I think that's something that a lot of people in society, they sort of, they, they, they want no part of it, right? And so how do, you, how do you manage that socially, I guess, if that makes sense? Like how many people do you interact with? You have like a telegram group for like ranchers, you know, because the way we have a, a telegram group for, for Bitcoiners and stuff like that. Like, is there a clubhouse room That's for like D- DIY, you know, meat farming? Not yet, man. Not yet. <laughs> I think untapped growth is really taking like a better approach to this. Like, this is just something that I kind of do. And like, I, I don't feel like I'm as active as it in it, if I can speak uh, now. So I had a homestead up in South Dakota. I like raised chickens from like, I had a full closed food source, right? I would raise and hatch the chickens. I could heart, like my, my plan was if, if I need to, I can survive on my own. Like that's the goal, right? If I need to, doesn't mean I, I want to, you know, completely remove myself from society at all aspects, but if I needed to, I could survive. Um, which, you know, maybe a little bit of a dark thought for some people, but when you start digging, man, uh, it's just, I think that's what happens. You just want to ensure that you can survive. Right. Um, so yeah, raise chickens, um, had a couple other animals. I moved to California for some family stuff a couple years ago. So as of right now, I don't think I'm doing very well in that regard. I have a couple of goats who are really just dogs. Um, Twitter loves them. So that's really all that matters. Right. But they're, they're literally dogs. They do absolutely nothing other than eat weeds. Um, and then we have a couple, uh, like a small herd of, um, uh, longhorn cattle that run on the property, but it's not really for industrial. You know, we, we, do butcher one or two a year, but it's nothing really too intense. Um, but no, I wouldn't say I have a Bitcoiner support group, but when untapped this year was like, Hey, so cows. And everybody was like, yes, cows. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So we're all, we're all on the cow train. Cool. All right. I'll see you guys soon. Um, so definitely not something I, I probably push as hard as I should, but I do think that that's one of the beauty thing, beautiful things about Bitcoin is people start thinking about that, right? Like when you start questioning aspects of your financial, um, sovereignty, you start questioning different aspects of like your other sovereignty aspects in your life. Um, and so I think it's really cool that there are people actually pushing for that. And when you think of a citadel, my idea of a citadel is not like some pay to play place where 3000 other people are. My idea of a citadel is I'm over here completely self-sovereign. I don't need you at all. You can come hang out if you want. Um, so I think we all kind of have our own vision of a citadel, but I would say, no, I don't have a current Bitcoiner support group for, um, for a livestock, but maybe I need to start one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it, if there's not a meetup in your local town, you need to start a meetup. That's, that's the deal. Right. So it is, I think and that's it's true. The problem, 
the problem, and you might know this because you're, you know, small town, when you're in a town of like 150 people, you don't really want to be the Bitcoin person. Like you kind of want to be the person that people you kind of know, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll come to you. I have a different way of onboarding maybe than others. Like, I don't want to yell at you about Bitcoin. I don't want to argue with you. When you're ready, you can come to me and I will spend hours with you. Um, so I kind of, I... I struggle a bit with like giving up my privacy locally of being like, yes, we should all come together and you know where I live and we should all talk about Bitcoin and everybody should come. And I'm like, Ugh, maybe I'll just go to Bitcoin meetups in other towns where I can still have that, that safety barrier. Know. So I fail. Yeah. I fail in that regard. Cause I do kind of keep a, a buffer, which is probably not the nicest thing, but Hey, secure. Well, again. <laughs> in, in, in that regard, I think like, I'm trying to start Bitcoin meetups here locally in Fresno because I feel like that's like it's a big enough population area. And I work at a car dealership, so we can do the meetings at the car dealership, order some barbecue or pizza or whatever is good for people. Um, but I'm starting to go to other cities as well. Obviously, I go to the Austin one. Um, I'm going to start going to the Central Coast, like San Luis Obispo or you know Orange County ones, LA ones, stuff like that. I think it's important to kind of mix and mingle. Um, but I think you have a very good perspective, which is like, hey, I like my my privacy, so I'll I'll venture out, you know, and 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 have a safety barrier there. I think that's that's a that's a good way of handling it socially. I mean, yeah, I might not yeah. always have that buffer, but for now, I'm just gonna enjoy it while it lasts, I guess, and go out. But you're right. I need to. I'm gonna hit up your meetup soon. We gotta we gotta make that happen. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We uh, you know, just we we moved to Nashville uh, earlier this year. Uh, so it was sort of a new place for us, uh, outside of LA. And when we moved to Nashville, we decided, or, or I decided that I wanted to have that same sort of privacy where, you know, all of the business is done in New York and LA. And I just want to, I just want to blend in and just, you know, people ask me what I, uh, finance, you know, I don't want to be the wall street guy. I don't want to be the Bitcoin guy. And, uh, it's, it's amazing how that didn't work at all. And uh, how people just started saying, oh, you're the Bitcoin guy. It's like, how do you even know this? You know? <laughs> it's like one, one, one person, right? All it takes yeah. is one person in the entire town. So, so anyway, uh, we finally just given, given in. And now we're doing a bunch of dinners, a bunch of meetups. Um, I mean, there's so many people here. And, and, and Nashville is also a place, um, you know, and, and broadly speaking, Tennessee, where Self-sovereignty is actually very important in, in this particular state. Uh, financial freedom, medical freedom, there's, a, there's you know, freedom in general. Uh, it's, 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 it's a very libertarian state. And uh, when they find out that you're the Bitcoin guy, uh, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this, this person has something that, that I'm interested in and I want to I hear about. Uh, so, uh, it, yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been quite interesting, whereas in L.A. it was the opposite you know, you, you, you try to engage and you try to do things and nobody wants to hear about you. They only want to hear about, you know, they only want to talk about themselves. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing how that kind of flipped on us. Yeah. The, um, the cultural differences state by state and the law differences state by state is, is causing a lot of people to rethink their investment strategy in terms of where they live. Right. And I think, you know, Justine, you and I living in California, poses a very big uh, challenge in a lot of ways because we have to be extra thoughtful with all these different steps that, that we go through, you know, in order to, I guess, protect our privacy, protect our, our taxable income, protect our, our retirement accounts and stuff like that. Um, 
I, I think the one thing that that's really driven me is I've always been an autodidact. I've always wanted to teach myself things, you know, learn things and, and, and fail and try and experiment and things like that. And I feel like that's something that's sort of through the fabric of all the, all the Bitcoiners that I meet is, you know, they're all interested in learning something that can better themselves. You know, I don't think there's, there's a closed minded stubbornness to like Bitcoin maximalism, but at the same time, a lot of those people are still very developed, like chefs or authors, or, you know, they're, 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 they're wanting to, to, you know, provide some sort of value outside of just that one aspect of their lives. Whereas like, I feel like in, in a lot of other ways, successful people in certain, you know, whether you're a lawyer or a actor or, you know, some of these high status people that might make the same amount of money as a Bitcoiner does, uh, their, their, their whole identity revolves around, you know, what their job is. And I think Bitcoiners sort of reach a, a plateau that they, they're, they're identified as a Bitcoiner. They identify as a Bitcoiner, you know, whether it's like a political party or whatever. And then suddenly they're like, Hey, well, I've kind of achieved this thing. And I've got this on lockdown because I figured this part of my life out. And then it acts as a base that they can build all these other aspects of learning and personality and travel and all that stuff. Um, and you come to mind instantly when I think of that because of your, you know, the sovereignty thing and um, just like it, not even an educational standpoint from Bitcoin, but also because it seems like you've taught yourself so many of these things that you're going to have a lot of value to provide to people uh, to, through the safety space, obviously, or whatever. But, hey, this is how you start your own, you know, beginner farm, like farming 101. This is how you do a vegetable garden. This is if you want to do chickens, whatever. Like I'd, I'd sign up for that masterclass. You know what I mean? Like that makes sense to me to, to have someone like you that's done it, that's been doing it for a while. Whereas I, I'm interested in it, but I'm terrified of like chickens, you know, at, at a general level. Yep. So how do you, how do you bring my anxiety right, level yeah. down? How do you bring my anxiety? Uh, level down? Well, first of all, you don't start with a rooster. Okay. We're going to, we have to get you a nice chicken to begin with, but no chickens are <laughs> great, but I, I do agree. And this is actually before Bitcoin, I, I was teaching people how to do these things, right? So one of the things I would do is when I started these products, like selling products, fine, like, cool, you can make some money there. But what I really enjoyed was I would do classes where I would teach people how to make like their own deodorant, not, not something you think about, right? Like, why would I make my own? I can just go to the store and buy it. Um, but, you know, I'm going to break it down and show you how you can make one that's better for you, right? Like cost, way more cost effective um, and actually could be healthy for you rather than harmful. And when I show that to you, though, what it's going to do is plant a seed and start you questioning everything else in your life. Like you're going to look at a pasta sauce can and be like, wait a second, like, why can't I just make this pasta myself? You know, the pasta sauce myself rather than use this product. And so like that to me was the most amazing part. I think that goes into the self-sovereignty in a really simple way. Um, and one of the things like people would be like, no, I like, how do I do that? I clearly can't do that. Like, no, just go home and make one item, like whatever it is in your kitchen, that you that you buy currently just try to make it and once you make it like your confidence level goes off the charts and it's the same thing with bitcoin but it's also the same thing in the, like the the homestead animals hey grow a tomato plant man grow a tomato plant on your patio and once you've picked that and you kind of like just raise this little thing you're going to have confidence and you're going to move on from there chickens are great though if we're getting back to chickens they all have their own i could just i could just shill chickens all day long they have their own little cute personalities <laughs> Um, they're amazing, man. We, we, we have to, uh, we have to solve that. Chickens are great. And they're like, you can just set them up and leave them for weeks. Like it's a great animal for somebody who wants to travel. They're just, they don't like, they don't really want you around. Just, you know, make sure they have food and then you can watch them and they're fun. Uh, but stay See, I like, for now. we'll have to, uh, yeah, have to yeah I love it. Those. 
<laughs> I love eggs. I love eggs. And mm -hmm. so anything that's breakfast related, I'm willing to take a risk on, you know, like we at, at the house that we live in now, we we're on a little bit more than an acre. So we've got room for some fruit trees and stuff. The last house we were living in, yeah. we we're growing fruit trees and some vegetables, uh, you know, like an herb garden. So we're kind of rolling that out little by little. Um, so I think the next step at some point is, is, is some sort of other, you know, animal that, that provides, uh, but how do I keep my dogs safe from the chickens and vice versa? You know, that's the, that's the thing I'm, well, I'm concerned with. Stephen, if you have any input on this, let me know also. Man, I'm not a, I'm not a chicken guy. No. Uh, I, I mean, you know, we, uh, when, when I was growing up, my, my, you know, my, 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 my great grandfather had chickens and we'd go get the eggs, but like, other than, you know, other than uh, watching out for snakes. Yeah. The, the dogs, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a, that's a different one. Dogs can be tricky. You can uh, either train your dog. You can put your dog on a leash and bring him around the chickens and, you know, like train him to not, you know, go after the chickens. I've had dogs around chickens that had no issue whatsoever. In fact, to the point where my dang chickens were so used to a dog around that I looked outside one day and there was a coyote and they had no, like, coyote, just a dog, right? Like he's just going to hang out and we're going to all chill together. And um, so, yes, so you can train both of them. Um, but what I would recommend is just getting, you know, a chicken coop that has a fence around it. You can get one from like tractor supply, get two hens. They don't need a lot of room, you know, get some laying hens. You can find them on any sort of like, there's a ton of chicken Facebook groups. I, I, I hate to push you down that road, but they exist. Um, and you can get... <laughs> You can get a simple, you know, chicken, chicken coop from, from tractor supply. It's got a built-in fence and you'll be in love. And next thing you know, you're going to be out like building a 10 by 10 chicken coop that you can store, you know, 60 hens in and have like a huge fenced in area. It'll it's, it's addictive. Um, but it is simple to start. And I would recommend just doing it, you know, like the dogs won't affect them in the fence, but you can train them to not, not go after the, the hens. So it's, it's, it's basically egg mining. We're going to, we're going to refer to it like in, <laughs> yes. in the Bitcoin says we're, we're egg mining. So you need a certain amount of like, yeah. uh, you know, hen hash, you need to have a certain amount of hen hash yeah. to get, you know, egg, egg coins. Um, so how many eggs does a, a, does a, a hen lay? Cost. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many, like how uh, many, if, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know way too much about chickens. This is really funny. I'm like thinking of the breeds that that lay the most. Um, so Swedish flowering hens are my favorite hens. They'll lay an egg a day. Um, they're okay. super hardy and they're called what you would call a heritage breed, which means that they were not bred to like achieve, um, you know, vast egg laying. So therefore they're still genetically, it's almost like buying like an heirloom tomato, right? Like you just kind of get a, a stronger <laughs> gene line. Um, but usually one a day is what you're getting one every other day. Um, some aren't going to lay as much, but if you're doing one a day, one every other day, you're doing pretty well. Okay. So 10 to 20 eggs per month per chicken is basically taking notes. Hearing. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> taking notes right now. Yeah. The one thing I, I miss about living up, in California, I can help you with this. <laughs> yeah. The thing I miss about living in California is how easy it is to grow things. Right. I mean, you know, you, you, you definitely have the seasons in, in the South where, you know, things, things, things grow in a certain pattern. That's the only time they grow. And then the rest of the time you, you have to, you know, create preserves out of what you have or, you know, and, and, and suffer through the winter. Um, and, you know, our, our old house had, you know, we had avocados, we had a, we had a work in vineyard. We, uh, we even made our own wine. Mm -hmm which is, which is, which is, which is fantastic. But we never, we never got into the chicken thing. Now, did you, now did you, uh, or, or are you currently uh, growing any fruits, vegetables in, 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 in mass scale? 
I don't have anything too intense set up here. Um, it's been on my list for here. It's hard because like I, I would have to really work the ground to get it to be able right. to grow in or do like raised beds. And I was building a house. Um, so the house just got done this last uh, December. Um, so I haven't like my next project after I get the yard done, right. It's like, okay, now you got to start your garden. Um, but I do herbs, you know, I have like small scale stuff, but not, not any vegetable or fruit production that I'm very proud of at the moment. Um, did previously though, I, I had a, I had a thousand square foot garden that I raised all from seeds, um, had, had fruit trees. They had, yeah, berries, every vegetable that would grow there. Um, so yes, definitely something there's nothing better than like getting your hands in the dirt and like growing food, um, for you to eat. The first time I actually had a full meal that I had produced was the most amazing moment ever. And it was, uh, I'll never forget. It was a brown trout that I caught, um, some red potatoes I had grown and like some salad or broccoli or something out of the garden. And it was just such a cool moment of like, Hey, I did this. Um, so yeah, not currently as much as I would like to, uh, do, but I also travel a lot with work. So I'm trying to find that balance of like, who can I hire to take care of my stuff when I'm gone? So I can still have the best of both worlds. Yeah. So, uh, transitioning back to digital assets and, and, and hodling and whatnot. <laughs> um, what is the, like, when did you get into Bitcoin and then when do you feel like, like you kind of accelerated into this next level on a professional scale? And what do you see as like the, well, I'll, I'll save the next question for after that, but when, when did you get in and, and when did you really kind of like feel that you were able to swim without floaties and whatnot in that sense? Yeah. No, that's, that's a, yeah. Our journeys are so fun when you get into like Bitcoin, we all have some specific, like really um, interesting journeys. So I first heard about Bitcoin in 2016 from some sort of like independent news thing, talking about this digital asset that uh, there would only be 21 million. Uh, you couldn't print more and, you know, you could, you, nobody controlled it. Um, so looked into it and it seemed really complex. Didn't really understand it. That was like my first touch. Um, and then 2017 kind of dug in a little bit more to the point where I bought like a very small amount, like very tiny, figured out how to buy it on an exchange. I'm sure it was Coinbase or something. Um, and then sort of just didn't get it. I tried. Um, as we talked about, like I taught myself how to raise animals. Um, I mean, I can we can go on a, a hike. And if you start bleeding, CJ, I, I can identify an herb that will stop you from bleeding. Right. Like these I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident in my ability to like learn things. So I'm digging into it. And all I could find was like the most confusing stuff. And I had no basic level of understanding to know what was right and what was wrong and what was just like false narratives. Right. Um, so it was really confusing to me. And then, you know, maybe a couple months later, somebody was talking about this like social chain where you blog and you earn this cryptocurrency. Right. And so at the time I was teaching people how to make products and I was like, okay, well, Maybe, you know, I'll experiment with this a little bit. And so that was my training ground. That was like figuring out what a key is, what what does a transaction look like? What's a wallet? Um, how do these things work? What's a blockchain? And then really quickly started to realize that the way that it was set up was not this, nobody controlled it, decentral. Like I could very well see that this was centralized, right? And I was like, wait a second, that's not, it's not what I was after. Um, and then really dug back in and understanding what I had already kind of learned from this other one, went back to Bitcoin and was like, oh, oh, this isn't the same. Um, and so I started digging in. I don't think I really, truly got it to the point where I felt extremely confident and going completely all in until 2019, I think. I think it took me that long to feel confident because I really had to understand. 
um, I really had to be able not to trust what something was telling me. Right. So I needed to know how this worked. And that included like sitting on a, sitting on a voice chat with random people from Twitter and asking them really specific questions about like, how does this work? And what do you mean by that? And so, yeah, it was probably 2019 before I was like, okay, here we are. And then since then it was just learning as many different aspects as possible. Um, I still think I'm learning. I still consider myself a noob, but I try to like use my experience and journey so far to help as many people as I can not take, you know, three years <laughs> to fully get it. Um, so yeah. And then professionally, it just was, I felt that there was something I could offer to the space. And if I was going to be doing this stuff in the legacy world, like why not contribute to Bitcoin? And then how I wanted to do it was very specific Bitcoin only company that had the same values as me and same direction and unchained was like the dream. Um, so when they reached out to me, I was like, this is not real life. <laughs> so yeah, I think I even told Joe at one point, like, I'll do whatever you want me to do you need a secretary? Like what, what, what do you need? Um, so yeah, so it was kind of a cool experience to be able to build the role around, you know, what I could offer as well. And that's still, still developing, but yes, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a level of like, you have to climb upwards a little bit, right? You have to sort of start at the bottom, acknowledge that you're at the bottom and you have to work your way up through the, through the transactions, through, through a wallet, through trading or whatever, depending on your, you know, your path. And then eventually you get all the way like halfway up a hill and you're like, wow, I'm pretty far up. I've, I've done a lot of stuff. You know, I've, I've experienced a lot of things that are Bitcoin related. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, there's a cave over there. What is that? And then you go down this super deep dive into a hole and it's like, you know, you have everything with like the dragon and the, and the, the mountain of gold coins. And it's like it's like the Hobbit all of a sudden, you know, and there's all these treasures that are inside there, except instead of, you know, physical treasures, it's like. It's, it's knowledge. It's little knowledge nuggets and jewels that you learn and axioms and things like that. Uh, and then you meet all these people. You meet these random other hobbits that are on a journey as well. And I think that's that's the coolest thing that I've that I've experienced so far is I got to a point where I was very comfortable trading and, and understanding the flow of, of Bitcoin around the world and the internationality of it and the visibility of it. And then I started uh, mining with like these little GPU miners and sending Bitcoin out, doing transactions. And that was the thing, that was like the aha moment for me. The first time I sent Bitcoin that I had mined to my wallet, I was like, you know, my mind was blown. And I was like, oh, now I get it. And I was, I, so since then, I've, I've kind of had a similar experience to you. I feel like I need to be able to put it in plain text terms for people that are used to something else. But now I can take that, that life experience and put it into Bitcoin and, and, and go forward and, and help people out and learn. So that's I, I, that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to kind of tell your stories because I feel like it's it's similar in some ways to mine. Obviously, you're you're handier in certain aspects, um, but I think it's cool that you've committed to it because there's a lot of people you're going to help along the way as a result of that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's just so many people learn in so many different ways, right? And and backstory before I totally fell you know out of love with the state in general, I wanted to be a teacher. So elementary education was like something I was really passionate about. So I think the way that I approach things is very much like, I'm going to break this down as if I'm going to teach a child. And I do feel that that's something that's missing from Bitcoin. When somebody will ask a question, we're already assuming they have this certain level of understanding and therefore we're speaking over them and they don't, they don't understand. Um, so really being able to like help in a level that perhaps is not covered yet is something that I you know want to contribute. I think a lot of people have helped me. And then, you know, the more people we can get into uh, financial self-sovereignty is, is huge. I think Bitcoin is freedom. So I totally agree. I know you 
you have a mission to kind of help those around you as well. So I think that's great. And I think we all kind of, we get to that point, right? Like we get to that point where we get it and we're still on our journey and we're still learning, but we're like, I need to tell people, <laughs> like, I need to help people get where I am. So for sure, I, I, I feel like it's a perfect fit for me and, and um, I'm hoping to kind of grow that as I go along. But for now, yeah, I get to sit every day and help people move their funds off exchanges. And it's the most amazing part ever. Yeah. So, so last question. Uh, tell us a little bit about how Unchained Capital can help people and how to get in touch with you or how to follow you uh, to, uh, to, to, to help people get there. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. So Unchained Capital can help you in a lot of different ways. The foundation of what Unchained does is help people secure their Bitcoin. That is the absolute foundation is self-custody. Um, so from our concierge department, you were, as an individual, you can go on and create a vault, which is just a Bitcoin address using multi-signature on your own. Or you can use concierge, which is actually walk you through step-by-step. Step. We'll even send you devices if you don't have them already, help you set them up, help you learn what they are, help you create seeds, all of that terrifying stuff. You don't have to do alone anymore. Um, someone to walk you through step-by-step. Step. And then you have, you know, the white glove service going forward. If you have a question, say a, a device isn't working, it's not signing. There's no, there's no reason to be worried. You contact Unchained Capital. We can jump on a call and walk you through that. On top of that, we have a lot of different financial services that let you keep custody of your Bitcoin, but have access to, you know, financial services that you would in the legacy system, like Bitcoin backed loans, where there's no rehypothecation. You still hold a key. You can see it on the Bitcoin network. You know, use your Bitcoin to get some U.S. dollars out if you'd like. Uh, we also have an over-the-counter desk, meaning you can purchase Bitcoin directly into cold storage. Um, help with retirement. You know, we all have our 401ks or IRAs sitting out there. You can move that to Bitcoin with no penalty. So a lot of different things that Unchained can help with as far as from a Bitcoin native financial service, how to get started. Um, Unchained.com will kind of give you an overview of all the services. If you want to reach out to me, I'm Justine at Unchained. But if you're on the, the website, you can even sign up for a consultation or demo. And all that is is really just a uh, free 30-minute call where you can ask whatever questions you want. And we can show you whatever products you're interested in. And then I'm on yeah, Twitter I as Miss Hoddle, but that's less relevant. <laughs> so. No, it's super relevant because it's super relevant because you, you you personalize you personalize a lot of things on there, and I think it's a it's great. I, one of the things that I have to say is, is 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 really cool about Unchained as a customer myself or a client or whatever you want to call it is the accessibility, right? So you get you get assigned a real human being. I think that's very interesting because a lot of other exchanges, if you have a problem, you're like in the queue for three days, and I'm not going to name names on that one, but I've had problems where you know, hey, I, I want to do this transfer, I want to do this, I have this question. And unless you have like a person, it's very hard to get those things done. But I think that uh, that Unchained has a, a really cool business model, and I, I really enjoy also the amount of content and accessibility that that you know you personally, Parker and and Phil and some of the other guys that are out there, um, you know, on Twitter, blogging, writing things, taking really like a really good view of the macro side of it, which is sort of. I guess Stephen's background very much so is is on the uh, more of a Wall Street background than mine, um, and and his him, him and I talk about these types of things all the time. Where it's like, okay, if we're gonna have a full Bitcoin ecosystem, you know what I mean? Then yeah, you want to be able to park your four hundred one k somewhere. You want to be able to do loans. You want to be able to like you know deposit things. You want to carry your own. There's a lot of different, I guess, elements of that. And I'm someone that has I have some of my Bitcoin with some people some of my Bitcoin with other people, some of my own Bitcoin with myself. And, you know, I, 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 I feel like I have to sort of diversify in that regard. Um, 
and as part of my trustless, you know, sovereignty, you know, equation that I'm trying to work together. Yeah, I agree. Great. I think uh, Unchained is is a company full of Bitcoiners um, building on Bitcoin, and that's the goal, right? It's it's go slow and build it right, not fast, not hype. Um, that's something that really drew me in as an individual, just looking for somewhere to call home in the space. Um, but yeah, I mean, really. With Unchained, you're not a you're not a user, right? You're a client. You have a, a whole group of uh, in, individuals that can help you with anything, and also it's just you you don't you're not giving up your custody, right? Like you get to hold your Bitcoin. You, you're in control. Nobody's stopping you from spending your Bitcoin. You just have like this helping hand along the way that can assist you, and then you can use additional services. So I'm a big fan personally. It was before I started working there, so it's not a full shill. Um, obviously, I'm slightly biased, but I was a big fan beforehand. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us, Justine. Uh, this has been fantastic. I can't wait to hear more about chickens. Uh, I, I, I started following on Twitter thanks to CJ. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I think your Twitter feed is is absolutely interesting. Underrated. It's very underrated. Underrated. It's very underrated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you both. Thank you for having me. And yes, the Twitter is is an interesting thing. It's it's fun, right? Uh, don't take Twitter too seriously. But sometimes I never know whether to apologize or thank people for mentioning they follow me on Twitter. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that wraps up the episode uh, for the Bitcoin Vibe Line. I'm CJ Wilson with Stephen McClurg. And we've had Justine Harper from Unchained Capital on. And uh, as always, hit us on Twitter. And if you have questions for us, DM us. Uh, just nothing creepy, okay? And we're not going to give you direct financial advice either because that's not allowed, right, Stephen? That's, that's not allowed. We have disclosures around that. Yeah. Okay. Well, out we go. Thanks, everyone. The opinions presented herein are solely of the individual and are not necessarily representative of Valkyrie Investments, Inc. and their affiliates. There is no guarantee that any specific outcome will be achieved. Investments may be speculative, illiquid, and there is a risk of total loss of your investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.